This message is brought to you by the Metamorphosis Christian Center, Abuja. Remain blessed as you listen. Building in us, Lord, we appreciate you. We give you praise. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we ask that your presence fill us up in the name of Jesus. Lord, we ask that uh, your word will come again and again to us today. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we pray that your word will gain entrance into our hearts. Even as we look into the word, studying about the church and the kingdom of God, Lord, I pray that it will become clearer and clearer to us. Bring understanding to us. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we ask for all our people who are coming on their way. Lord, I ask that you quickly your step here safely in Jesus' name. Sweet Holy Spirit, have your way in our midst. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. I want to welcome each and every one of us to the School of the Word this morning. I would like you to please call those at the barricade, those at the children's church, to please come into the main church, the main auditorium, as we look into the study together. Yeah. For the past three weeks, we started looking at a topic, and I want to thank God for Pastor Fumi, who has done a good job, giving us a very solid foundation to the topic, the church. She started looking at the topic, the church, and I believe strongly that we have gleaned so much from that topic, the church and the eternal purpose of God. What, is, what was in the mind of God when he established church? And uh, a lot of questions have been answered about the church. I remember she was talking about there should not be anyone in this church, MCC. If you have been asked that, what is church? It will be very wrong for you to say it is this four wall of the building. That would be a very, very... We won't accept that. <laughs> we, we, we will never accept that in this church. For you to have gone through this study, I believe this is not the first time we have looked into this topic called the church. So I would like us to bring to mind those things that we, we learned when Pastor Fumi was taking us through that very first topic, the church and the eternal purpose of God. What stayed with you when she was teaching us? A lot I, I learned again when she started teaching us, opening it up for us again about the church and what was in the mind of God when he was, he was creating and, and he had us in mind, you and I. She said that uh, the concept of the church is greater than you and I. I don't want to be the one saying all that she has said. So I would like the media to please pass the mic as I would like to ask these questions. The first one that uh, I've started answering myself, the church. If you have been asked that, what do you understand by that word, church? What will be your response? Media, second mic, please. I need volunteers. Okay, there's someone at the back. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 
And from our understanding and from the teaching of last week, also made us understand that the building is a temple while we are the ch- we ourselves are the church. I didn't get us. Can you come again? The building is the te- is a temple while okay. we members in the ch- in the building is the church. Okay, members in the building of a church is the church. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nice one. Thank you. <laughs> Do you have any other person? Please pass the mic to anybody you like. Anybody you like. <laughs> so can you please tell us what's your understand by that word, church? Okay. Uh, I will start by saying that church is well, one purpose I've been in the heart of God. We learned that uh, God has one purpose. And that one purpose springs from his fatherly heart. And uh, that one purpose is encompassed in these five categories that says, okay, I think six. says God wants a man in his image. He wants uh, multiplicity of seed. He wants maturity, relationship, partnership, and a bride. And we can see all of these things uh, being fulfilled in the church. It is only in the church that this mystery is getting fulfilled. When we talk about a man being in the image of, of Jesus, a, a man being in the image of God, we only achieve that in the church. We learn to become like God here. We, we become like Jesus growing into his image here. Multiplicity of seed. This is where we get to learn about evangelism and then we're bringing more people to the kingdom and all of that. So this is the one purpose that God has. And uh, we also learned that when God looks on the earth, he sees the church. Anything that God is doing on the earth is about the church. And it's such a great privilege that we are part of that one single thing that God is very interested in on the earth. All right, thank you. Do we have one more person before we continue? You can pass it to anybody you like. Just... The way you understand church from what Pastor Fumi has been teaching us in the, for the past three weeks, what comes to mind? What stayed with you? Okay, um, that the church is not uh, the building, that we are the church. Thank you. Thank you for repeating what has been said. <laughs> I also appreciate everyone that has spoken. You know, when we look at the, the topic, the church, Thank God for the understanding that is growing, that no one here should say church is the, the, forward, the building of this world that guides our meeting here is not the church. We are the church. And the church can also be said to be the assembly of God's children. As we are gathered here learning about God, growing in our knowledge of God, we are an assembly learning and growing, knowing the Lord. And also be, you can also say that the church is the call-out ones, those ones that we are separate from the world. When they look at us, they see a resemblance of our Father in us. But we cannot see that kind of resemblance in the people of the world. The body of Christ, the new creation in the image of Christ, that is the church, wants to be like Christ. When people see us, they, they can easily identify us as one who has met with the Lord, one who is looking like Jesus. Amen. So today, by the grace of God, we'll be looking at 
the topic called the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. Can we cross that together? The church and the kingdom of God. Kingdom. Yes, we've looked at that first part, the church, but today we'll be looking at what the kingdom of God is. If you have not fully understood the kingdom of God, we've been hearing about the kingdom of God here and there, but by the grace of God, as we go into this topic today and next Sunday, by the grace of God, understanding will come, knowledge will come in the name of Jesus. Yeah, looking at the kingdom, a, a brief definition to that word kingdom would, would be like this. A country, state, or territory ruled by a king or queen. You can describe a, the kingdom as a country, state, or territory ruled by a king or queen. I believe every one of us know the late queen, queen of England, Queen Elizabeth. When she was around... She has that authority, she has that power, she has that influence over the people in England. When she coughed, everybody will be silent. Because she, she was very powerful. So, and there are different kind of kingdom. For those that likes to watch animals, you know, there, there is this animal, children, who, I want to ask the, this question to the children now. Who is the king of the jungle? Yes, because everybody knows it. So there's always one person that will stand as the leader of a particular geographical location or a particular place. Somebody must stand out to be the king. As the children said, the king in the, ki- in, in the jungle where animals are is the lion. When it's roused, every other animal would pick rays. They will take cover immediately. Also, there are other kingdoms. We have Zulu kingdom, we have the Oyo Empire, you know, different kingdoms exist. But today we'll be looking at the kingdom of God. What it entails, what really is the kingdom of God. Let's open our manual to that page 7. Page 7, number 1, says, What is the kingdom of God? It says, The word kingdom occurs about 160 times in the New Testament. 160 times in the New Testament. And it is, in its simplest form, it means royal reigns or a king's domain. Royal reign or a king's domain. You get where you are to feel. The, the first one will feel 160, then the other parts you feel domain. Domain is simply a place where a king lives, as regards kingdom now. A place where a king lives, where it provides leadership, and it has authority and power over a particular set of people in a geographical location. That's a kingdom. A kingdom. So, where a king has authority and power over its people, we can say that is a kingdom. B says, in reference to God, it refers to the realms of God and the reign of God. 
realms of God and the reign of God. These two words, we'll be looking at it quickly. Reigns of God and the realms of God. What do we mean when we talk about the realms of God? And what do we mean when we talk about the reign of God? You and I would agree that when we open the scriptures and we read from the Bible that God reigns, He created the heavens and the earth, you know, God is the one who is reigning over all. And there's a particular place in heaven where God reigns, the domain of God. This word, realms of God, simply means, that means we are now on B1. Under B number one. In reference to God, okay, no, we've done that. The realm of God. The realm of God. I would like us to open our Bibles to the book of Psalms. Psalm chapter 10, verse 16. Another person will read 45, verse 6. Another person will open to 103, verse 19. Another person will read 145, 10 to 13. To have a glimpse and knowledge of what the realm of God means. Tatiti, are you there? Psalm 10, verse 16. Sister Evelyn. Psalm 45, verse 6. Psalm 103, verse 19. Uh, doctor will read the last one for us. Psalm 145, 10 to 13. The mic, please. Psalm 10, verse 16. Psalm 10, 16. The Lord is king forever and ever. The godless nation will vanish from the land. The Lord reigns forever and ever. He reigns forever and ever. That means his, his uh, rulership has no, has no end, has no boundary. When we think about the reign of God, the realm of God, sorry, the realm of God, we can say it has no boundary. Is right there in heaven. And we also look at what is doing here on earth. You and I would prove, would agree that God reigns over the earth. He reigns over the earth. The second verse, 45 verse 6, Psalm 45 verse 6, Sister Evelyn. Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of thy kingdom is the right scepter. Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. When we look at that definition of a throne, a throne is a, a seat, a mighty seat, ceremonial chair for a sovereign being or bishop. I don't know if you have been to a palace before. You notice there is a, a, a chair, a ceremonial chair. Not anybody can sit on that chair except the king. So there is when we look at that Psalm forty-five or six, we talked about your throne, O God, is forever and ever, and ever. A scepter of righteousness is a scepter of your kingdom, and the Bible also talks about. Looking at what the kingdom of God is, it says it's not for eating and drinking, but for your, the kingdom of God is not for meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. 
Romans 14, verse 7. The kingdom of God is not meat and, and drinking, but of peace, for righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That is how the scriptures define the kingdom of God. Unlike some beliefs or some religion that wants to tell you that, and that's their own kingdom, that, uh, you know, there are special benefits for, if you can do one or two things for their God here on earth, that some virgins are preserved for you over there, and they will drink to stupor, you know, all sorts of things have been said, and they believe that. But in, our, in the kingdom of our own God, it is not for meeting. We are not going to eat and drink. But it's for righteousness. Where righteousness reigns. Where there is peace and there is joy in the Holy Ghost. We keep celebrating. Amen. The third, uh, the third verse. Psalm 103 verse 19. Yes, it establishes throne in heaven and in he reigns over all, both heaven and on earth. There's no boundary. Doctor, Psalm 145, 10 to 13. All you have made will thank you, Lord. The godly will praise you. They will speak of the glory of your kingdom and will declare your might, informing all people of your mighty acts and of the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. Your rule is for all generations. The Lord is faithful in all his words and gracious in all his actions. Amen. All your works shall praise you, O Lord, and your saints shall bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and talk of your power to make known to the Son of Man his mighty acts and the glorious majesty of his kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures throughout all generations. So here we are looking at the realms of God, the realms of God, the domain where God has influence, both here on earth and in heaven. There has no boundary. Amen. When the, when the phrase kingdom of God is used in this general sense, it refers to everything that is in the universe, whether seen or unseen. Whether seen or unseen. So, when you look around you, you look at creation, those things that have life in them and those things that don't have life, you can sense God in all of these things. It's only a foolish person that will say there is no God. When we look around us, we can see God's handwriting. You and I coming here, we are a sign that God reigns. And the peace that we enjoy here on earth, everything happening all around us, it's pointing to the, to, to, to the same thing that God reigns. God reigns in our affairs. Amen. Point number two says the reign of God. The reign of God. Matthew chapter 6, 9 to 10. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth. You know, this particular chapter, this, uh, this verse from that book of Matthew chapter 6, from 9 to 10. Let me open to it. I know it's more than this. Matthew 6, 9 to 10. In this manner, therefore pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. 
your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. The kingdom of God, we are asking to come as it is in heaven. We know what happened in heaven. The kingdom of God, right there in, the, in God's kingdom, there is peace, there is joy, there is righteousness. But what do we have here on earth? You know, sometimes some people can be discouraged by news, events of things happening all around. You can see crises in some countries. You see natural disaster. Thank God that Nigeria has been preserved that we've not been having all this natural disaster. That should not even join what we are experiencing in Nigeria. <laughs> it should be something else. So we, we thank God for how God has been preserving us. So this very verse is talking about God bringing his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Who would not want to have peace all around, to have joy, to, to, to have a country where God reigns, where there is righteousness, where there is no killing, there is no corruption, there is no, uh, they are not changing figures of our election. You know, you want a, a, a country, a place where there is righteousness, where there is peace, where there is joy. That's what, that is where the kingdom of God, that is what it looks like. And that is what we are praying for. That the kingdom of God, as it is in heaven, we want it to we want to experience the same here on earth. Amen. When the phrase kingdom of God is used in this specific sense, it refers only to those spiritual beings who are submitted to and cooperating with the eternal will and purpose of God. You know, the first one when you talked about the realm of God, we look at the kingdom of God in a general sense. Both in heaven and on earth, we can feel his rulership, his, his dominion, his power, his authority over all. But now, in this second part, where we're talking about the reign of God, the reign of God, we are looking at it in a specific sense, meaning where God reigns in heaven. Where God reigns, he rules, his power is overall, every other being submits to him, they bow in submission, in worship of our God. His reach is limited but can be extended. We are praying that those who have not been saved will be saved. You know, when we talked about the kingdom of God coming, as it is in heaven, we want it here on earth. We are talking about there's, a, there's an opportunity for more people to join this kingdom. There are still more people that have not given their life to Christ in our world. And there's room, there's space for more to join our, our God's kingdom. We are not being selfish. The room is open for many other people to join us. Amen. Let's take a look at uh, Roman number two. What is the distinction between the terms the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven? The kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven will be contributing to these very distinctions. How, what does that word mean, the kingdom of God? And looking by the side, kingdom of God, you know, they look so like the same. Sometimes you, instead of you to talk about the kingdom of God, you'll be saying the kingdom of heaven. Once you see what, is there any, is there any distinction between them? 
we'll be looking at that together now. There's actually no distinction between the terms kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. Note the parallel passages as seen in the following chart. When we look at that chart before us, we'll see the first, uh, the first square, the rectangle now, the first rectangle, the kingdom of heaven and this other part, the kingdom of God. The first one in our box says, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is at hand, while the, the one facing it says, the, the gospel of the kingdom of God. Let's look at that Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. Let's have a look at what the scripture is talking about when we are using that word interchangeably with the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God. What does the Bible say about Matthew chapter 4, verse 17? Matthew 4, 17. And I would like some people to contribute to this as I will be calling names. So please open your Bible together with me as we open to the book of Matthew chapter 4, verse 17, and we are contrasting it with Mark 1, 14. Well, Jeffrey, you will help us to uh, read that Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. And at the same time, the gospel of the kingdom of God, Mark 1, 14. Help us to take a look at if there's any difference what the scripture is saying there. Matthew 4, 17. Yeah, the first one is Matthew 4, 17. Mark 1, 14. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Then Mark uh, chapter 1 verse 14 says, Now, after that, John was put in prison. Jesus came into Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. Okay, there's... You know, we are looking at where those words are used interchangeably. Kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God. We are looking at, can we find any difference from these two words? Kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven. That first passage you read, Matthew four seventeen, says that from that time Jesus began to preach and to say, repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. What does this mean when he says that? Why, instead of him saying the kingdom of God is at hand, if you should look at that Mark 1.14, what was said there is the kingdom of, the gospel of the kingdom of God is at hand. You get it? One part is using the kingdom of heaven and the other part is using the kingdom of God. So we are trying to look at it. Is there any difference or can they be, you can just use anyone as you like. Amen. You want to help us out? <laughs> praise, praise the Lord. <laughs> you know, it's something that appears uh, literally uh, simple without paying attention. So, uh, but now, looking at it critically, you will uh, understand from the context at which the two scenarios were said the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God means the same thing. Because if uh, 
the heaven belongs to God, <laughs> and then everything that is uh, in authority is subject to God. So uh, they, they mean the same thing, both the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God. Amen. All right. Kingdom of heaven, we can say God is the one, is the king in heaven. And in that word, kingdom of God, we can say a kingdom where God is king. That's actually saying the same thing. Or is there any, okay, Sister Moya wants to add to that. Okay, uh, they are actually the same. I think um, what we have heaven and God is just this, um, the Jews find it um, a kind of, you know, the way the Jews, they don't call God. They use uh, this, their letters, Y-W-H-W. So instead of saying God, because it's so big, and for them to use the word God, then Matthew uses the kingdom of, or Matthew used the kingdom of heaven. Matthew being a Jew, Jew of Jews. <laughs> so he used heaven rather than God. saying God, yes. Right, but they are you. both the same. All right, let's take a look at the second box. Where he says, there is, there is the kingdom of heaven. And the opposing part says, yours is the kingdom of God. Matthew 5, verse 6. Matthew 5, verse 6 says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. What if he had said, theirs is the kingdom of God? It would have still been the same thing, right? So, and that other part... That's uh, Matthew 6, verse 20, where it says, Blessed are the poor in the Spirit, for yours, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Theirs is the kingdom of God. Remember the first part is saying, theirs is the kingdom of heaven, and here he's, using, he's saying, theirs is the kingdom of, of God. Amen. The, the, third part, the third box is saying, in Matthew 10, verse 7, Matthew 10, verse 7, says, like Jesus preaching to people, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. You know, Jesus going about preaching the word of God, telling people that the kingdom of heaven is at hand, that they should beware the way they live their life. They should give their life to God. They should serve God. They should serve God's purpose. And in the other part, that's Mark 9 verse 2, saying that to preach the kingdom of God, like when he was... Luke 9 2. Preach the kingdom of God by healing the sick. Let's take a look at that. Luke chapter 9, verse 2. Luke 9, verse 2. He sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. He sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. You know, the, the, the first one we look at in Matthew 5, verse 6 says that. Uh, and Matthew 10, verse 7, that Jesus going about preaching and saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. You know, we are only saying the same thing, but, you know, just like Sister Moyo said, that Matthew being careful, he was using the kingdom of heaven, the, the name God, they the reference it so much that they cannot just call it anyhow. So, it's only in Matthew you will see where Matthew is regarding that kingdom of God as kingdom of heaven. But in Luke, in Mark, Mark and Luke, they, are, they use their own words to be kingdom of God. So the, the fourth box, where we have Matthew 11 verse 11. 
where he says that he that is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than John the Baptist. And in Luke 7 verse 28, you can see that he that is least in the kingdom of God, I believe by now we now understand it's only Matthew that is referring to kingdom of God as the kingdom of heaven. But in Mark and in Luke, they are referring it to the kingdom of God. The same thing in the fifth box, to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. And the other part is saying to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. You know, and look, looking at the sixth one, to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God, like a gray, you know, a lot of how the writers of the Bible, they are only saying the same thing. When you come about a passage of the scripture referring to the kingdom of heaven and some other one referring as the kingdom of God, the two are the same. There is actually no distinction between both. Matthew used both terms interchangeably. In Matthew chapter 19, 23 to 24. Let's take a look at that. Matthew chapter 19, 23 to 24. It says, Then Jesus, then said Jesus unto his disciples, Assuredly, I say to you, that it is hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. And again, I say to you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of the needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Amen. I believe this particular passage is where, when I was teaching last Sunday, where I talked about the, the rich man, whom Jesus, uh, whom, whom went, uh, Jesus went to him and he was asking that he wants to follow Jesus, wants to be one of Jesus' disciples. But Jesus was telling him to go sell his property and he became very sad, knowing that he has great wealth, he has amassed great wealth, for him to sell what all he has and distribute it to the poor. He felt, how will I make those wealth again? He felt so bad and he was very sorrowful. Not knowing that uh, there is this call that we are being called to follow Jesus. It's not for us to, it's not to suffer. As some people will say that, eh, I don't want to be a pastor. If I become a pastor now, I'll be catering for everybody in the church. <laughs> you, you understand that? Uh, and I take a, I, I describe it this way: that if a successful man would walk up to you and tell you to come and follow him, so that he can teach you how to make the kind of wealth he has, immediately you will drop everything you are, you have. You will follow the man, knowing that this man has, he has, uh, he, he has learned and he has, he has experience. He has record, he has track record of being a successful man. He has done businesses and he has been successful at it. But when it comes to you following Jesus, you kind of like, wow, so I will lose all that I have. I will leave them behind and decide to follow Jesus. How will I make all those wealth again? You know, it tells us about the value we place on Jesus when he calls us to his service. That we are not holding back, just like the, the young entrepreneur would say, no, I decide to leave everything behind, I'll follow after you, learn from you, then I'll also be successful as you are. But our Lord Jesus was successful on heart. Having 
lived 43 plus years. And uh, he, he, the name of the Lord Jesus Christ is being, still being mentioned today until eternity. Amen. Okay, let's look at Roman number 3 from our manual. Page 8. Roman number 3. It says, How does God extend his kingdom in the earth? How does God extend his kingdom in the earth? A, letter A says, God uses human channels to extend his kingdom relative to earth. God uses human channels to extend his kingdom relative to earth. I would like us to discuss a little about this and if we can mention those human channels that we know in the Bible days and in our days whereby you know that God walked through human channels to extend his kingdom here on earth. Do we have volunteers? Do we have people who would help to explain and shine light on this? Do we have human channels that God has used in our world or on the surface of this earth to expand and extend his kingdom here on earth? Do we have any of such people? We have volunteers who is going to help us out. I can see everybody asking me to call them. <laughs> Sister Moyo. I, I can see Sister Moyo. <laughs> okay, we had the patriarchs that God used. And um, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, who was who later became Israel. Then we had um, the Israelite nation. Then let me stop at that. Okay, don't answer everything. <laughs> Do you have any other volunteers? Any other volunteers? Okay. We can also take a look. Okay, Pastor. Rosino. You know, when we, when we are talking about God using people, um, I know she mentioned patriarchs and mentioned a few names. Um, these are people who God worked with and decided to choose uh, as his vessel. Of course, Israel was born out of their choice, right? Uh, but there are the other, uh, a few other people that God used that were not in the lineage of Israel. And I also want us to expand our scope of God using people beyond, uh, in quotes, those who might say believers. Praise the Lord. So someone like Cyrus, all right, in the book of uh, Isaiah chapter 45, uh, Prophet Isaiah mentioned about him speaking of the Lord that the Lord has chosen him for his purpose. Praise the Lord. Just to make that uh, addition. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Do you have any other questions? Anybody who wants to contribute? Yep. Um, the kingdom of God primarily is the kingdom of love. And uh, what God actually wants to spread mainly is his love. Specifically, all of that things for me are secondary. Because one that love, God, God is love. I want that is spread every other time we follow. So we want to look at, I don't want to just stay with the Bible alone. Let's look at people that have done that using Bible experience. I'll just give one example and I'll sit down. There is this um, Muslim of this man that the children talk about, Ged Mullah, that, uh, George Mullah, sorry, Ged Mullah is a footballer. So, <laughs> so George Mullah. So you could see what he did, his love for children, his love to he used that to expand the kingdom of God. Some of those children grew up to understand what love is through what he 
did by expanding Chanel God, giving hope to them, showing them love. And from the video, we could see that some people, some people ran from one orphanage that wasn't showing love to his orphanage and all those stuff. And I believe one of the reasons God supported him and made him what he is, he was through faith, mainly was because he showed love. And there are so many other people like that today that are showing love and, and the rest of that. Another person I will just mention quickly is um, what's the name of this evangelist? Billy Graham. Billy Graham, Rayad Bunke. It's purely because of the love they have for God and for fellow men. They went to difficult places and they spread the gospel just like Paul did. Thank you. Thank you, everyone that has contributed. You know, some... Okay, sir. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I, I want to take it up from where brother... Um, Pastor Routine, sorry, stopped. He just, as he spoke, something like a light bulb just came into my mind. Now, we know we've mentioned examples of people being used directly when it has to do with the gospel. But it just hit me now that beyond just actual gospel ministry, God uses human vessels to create inventions and advances his purpose. How do I mean? Let's take, for example, now the Bible talks about God wants the salvations to reach the ends of the earth. Now, if we're going to be doing the gospel the way Apostle Paul began the gospel, it, it will take a really long time for the gospel to reach the ends of the earth. So, you have inventions like um, the plane that can fly. You have inventions like the social media that can actually reach millions of people. You can be in this room right now, and you're speaking to somebody in China. Now, those inventions were not exactly created by believers, but they were things that have become tools to advance his kingdom. So, beyond people who are in ministry or beyond people who got caused to do ministry things, we have people that have to create things that will become tools for the expansion of God's kingdom. All right, thank you so much for that impute. Yeah, looking at uh, our world. Time. Okay, yeah, I'll give you one okay, minute. Okay, <laughs> uh, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And in addition to what he said, uh, God uses people for different purposes, not just for the end goal for, uh, for everything is to advance his kingdom. One other ways that God uses people is to make provision for other people. Like when God uses an ally for that, um, the widow of Zerephite, it was as in God used her to provide for Eli, and also God used Eli again to Elijah, sorry, to provide for her. All right, thank you, Sister Evelyn, and everyone that has spoken. You know, for us to have access to Jesus here in Africa, you know, it took some brave effort of some white people that brought Christianity to, to Africa. And some eventually died in the, in the process. So, God has human channels. God uses human channels to extend his kingdom relative to earth. One of that, we'll just take these three points as we close. The first one says, number one, all authority and power is in God. All authority and power is in God. He has dominion. He has authority over everything. Point number two. God 
However, delegates authority to man. He delegated authority to man. When we look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20, you know, God making us an ambassador, representing him here on earth. As you are, you and I, we are to represent God. We are his representative here on earth. We are to spread the kingdom of God to people, to places where the name of the Lord Jesus Christ has not been known. It is just responsibility. It is my responsibility to carry out this function. He has delegated the power to us. And when we open to Matthew chapter 28, 18 to 20, you know, when Jesus was saying, all power has been given to me, and he's delegating it to us. Matthew 28, 18 to 20. Let's take a look at that. 18 to 20. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go. This is where he has, he's delegating the authority to us. He says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. So he has delegated that power, that authority to us to go into the world and tell people about him. Point number three says, those who receive this delegated authority become instruments of the kingdom. Channels of God's authority and vehicle through which God will extend his kingdom in the earth. I'll take that again. Those who receive this delegated authority become instruments of the kingdom, channels of God's authority, and vehicle through which God will extend his kingdom in the earth. So just as it has been said, we've been looking at the topic, the church and the kingdom of God. The first part, looking at the church, has been dealt with in the past three weeks by Pastor Fumi. So this Sunday and next Sunday, I'll be looking at the, the kingdom of God. That is what we'll be looking at. We'll be expatiating on it. And I believe today, knowledge has come. We've started looking at the realm of God and the realms of God. Knowing that the realms of God, we are saying it has no boundary. The, the, where God reigns, his authority, his power, his dominion has no boundary. It's beyond the heavens. Here on earth, God reigns. But when we talk about the realm of God, that's where God is, where the angels, where they all bow down. It's the, the spiritual beings worshipping God, where God has total authority, total domain. He has total power, total authority over all that happens in heaven. Amen. And looking at this last part where we stop today, that God is, he has delegated power to you and I go into the world and make more disciples and bring more people into God's kingdom. We are to expand his kingdom here on earth. God wants multiplicity of children. He wants to, he want more people who has not heard about him, who has not been saved yet, to be saved and be joined to his children. Amen. One minute. Anyone who wants to contribute? Any contribution or question? Do you have any contribution or question for Jeffia? The mic, please. 
Praise the Lord. I was also looking at the how God um, uses humans, human being as a channel uh, to express uh, dominion mandate that he, he was given. Um, you know, when we look at it from the creation, when God created Adam, he has given him dominion. And that is an expression of his rulership. Rule on earth. You understand? And have dominion. So, but in, 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 in the course of events, there was uh, that fall what, that brought about perversion of that rulership and, and all of that. And we still have it here on earth. But when Christ came, and if we look at the, the topic or the theme of our equipping conference, that um, treasure in an atom vessel. So that's also the one critical aspect of how God extends his rulership to true men. Because when Christ give, uh, uh, brought diverse gifts to, 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 to believers, that is another higher dimension of extension of God's kingdom here on earth that can be expressed without perversion. We can look at it from a different perspective. Yes, unbelievers partake in the dominion whereby they can come up with different creation and all of that. But the, the, the expression of the reality of the gift of Christ to believers, it's ideally supposed to be much more superior than the Adamic mandate. Because when we see riches and we see creation, like uh, when we look at it, many people will be saying that, why is it that the children of the Ishmaelites, like the people in the Arab nation, they are wealthier, they don't have corruption and all of that. Yes, they are still operating in that Adamic mandate. But we believers, we actually sometimes, when I look at it critically, that we do not understand the critical gift that Christ has given unto us in this atom vessel. Because it is actually meant to showcase the glory of God in all aspects of our life. One gift that God or that Christ has given to, to man, a believer, is supposed to express the, the dominion and then the kingdom of God here on earth, whereby anyone that sees will see God. You understand? And we'll see the rulership and the kingdom of God being expressed in the diverse gift that Christ has given unto us. There's much more to that, but I remember reading a book of uh, Miles Monroe back then, Rediscovering the Kingdom of God. That delegation of authority is explained very well in an explicit manner. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. I think our time is fast. But okay, I'll take one. Praise the Lord. Sorry, just uh, wanted to chip in something extra. I want to thank God for what he has just said now because um, he has helped me preach my message in full. When I was speaking about the issue of um, inventions that extends God's program, is, I think to a, to a large extent, the church has been very complacent in that dimension. We, we, we press for kingdom realities, for spiritual manifestations, but we, we are more to the double whereby we can translate accessing things in the spirit and producing physical things that extend those. Because if you remember Isaiah 2, it talks about the mountain of the Lord being exalted above all other mountains. And nations will flow 
God's children must understand that there's a technology in heaven that can be here, here on earth. That is beyond just reading our Bible and preaching. There's a, look, for example, when God went to make the um, temple in the wilderness, he gave, um, what's his name now? Um, what's the name of this man now? Oliab, I can't remember his name now. Bezalil, thank you very much. He gave him the spirit to create. So the spirit is not only to heal the sick, to raise the dead, or to get people sick. The spirit also has a creative God in heaven. When, when, sorry, apologies. Let me just take this in. God made the earth, right? And in Proverbs, the Bible says wisdom was with God when he first made the earth. Not the earth that we read in Genesis 1. The earth before the earth was made. Now, God made the earth. Look at water. There's sea, there's ocean, there's river, there's stream. There are different dimensions of you look at the human body alone, it's an expression of wisdom. There is a dimension of God's um, spirit for creativity that we need to tap into as believers. That is when the world will begin to bow and say, ah, there's something different about... Because for Daniel to rule in Babylon, he had to tap into a dimension of wisdom that was higher than what the magicians could tap into. When Moses faced um, the magicians of Egypt, they were replicating the miracles he was doing. Or they got to a point where they could not replicate. They said, this is the finger of God. Amen. So we must press. We must keep pressing. They will begin to make the world say, ah, this coding, this program, this thing I just wrote, is not natural. It must be, a, it, it took it from another realm. Amen. That's what I'm trying to say. So God bless you for that, sir. All right, thank you. The earnest expectation of this, of this world waits for our manifestation as God's children. So as the contribution came in, we can see that God is also giving us creative ability. Beyond the natural, we need to tap into that wisdom of God so that we can bring about solutions to, 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 so that we can even expand God's kingdom the more. We can push back darkness by bringing light, bringing the light of God into our world. Amen. We'll stop here today. We'll continue from where we stop there um, uh, next Sunday by God's grace. Allow us bow our hearts as we pray. Father, we thank you for today. Holy Spirit, we appreciate you for granting us access into your heart. Thank you for the word that has come to us, looking at God's kingdom, looking at the domain of God, looking at the authority God has in heaven and on earth. Thank you for having us in mind when you are creating the whole world. You have the church in mind. We being the, the church. Thank you, O oh God, because through us, you will help us to expand God's kingdom here on earth in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, we receive this grace. Lord, to, to, to push back darkness in our, in our vicinity, in our world. Lord, we pray that you will help us as you have delegated power unto us to go into the world and preach the gospel into the, for, for everyone to come into the knowledge of God. Lord, we pray that we receive this ability in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. 
This message is brought to you by the Metamorphosis Christian Center, Abuja. We believe you were blessed as you listened. Join us for a Sunday service at Metamorphosis Christian Center, Stanford Dialysis Building, beside Africa International College, opposite Sun City, Kaura District, Abuja. You can link with us on Facebook and YouTube at Metamorphosis NG. Metamorphosis Christian Center, reaching, raising, releasing.